I'm Stephen Adams. This is down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved. That's not the words. What do I say? Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm about to dunk. I'm not miffed and peeved. Hello, I'm Alex Sabrinas. I'm not miffed and peeved. I'm down to dunk. I'm Stephen Adams. I'm not miffed and peeved. I am down to dunk. Yo, this PG and I'm down to dunk. Down to dunk. You can find us on CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com, Dash Radio at 5 p.m. Central Standard Time, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or of course, anywhere you subscribe to your podcast. I am Luke. Joined this evening by Andrew. Ham through. We're also on DailyThunder.com. You skipped that for some reason. DailyThunder.com. I don't think I did, but maybe I didn't. I apologize if I did. Andrew. Taylor. Heaven, heaven is a half pipe. If I die before I wake, at least in heaven, I can hand throw. And Jay. It's Jay. I don't know that one. I don't either. Taylor, that's a deep cut. Never heard of it. Deep cut, man. Really? Yeah. Okay. Hey, guys, before we start. Russell Nothing. Westbrook does not believe in small markets, and neither do we. And we've made a t-shirt to celebrate that, and it is available today, starting now, at our big cartel. You know where they can find it? The people out there? Our Twitter. Go there. We'll link to it. Check this shirt out, because it is dope. It's do down, down, it's down to dunk. It's dope. Dunk. Big cartel. More like it's dope to dunk. No, he's trying to tell people how to get to the website. I'm trying to get people to buy these shirts. Down to dunk dot big cartel dot com. It'll be on our Twitter. I'll put it in the bio unless it's in there already. I've tweeted. I've already have a tweet out there, but yeah, go buy it. It's a cool shirt. You can buy it in blue. You can buy it in orange. You can also buy our other t-shirts while you're there. So go check that out. Check to check, check to check, check it out. Now guys, let's talk about the thunder. Okay, so this past week, (laughs) what in the world? I feel like we're together. So just in case you can't tell and you're listening to us, we did this via Skype tonight uh, because it we Oklahoma City had a uh, relatively significant winter storm come through. And so we've got snow on the ground here. It rained all day. It's icy. It's terrifying. And normally do the pod at six in the morning. And so we decided we would do a Skype pod tonight. So if the quality is bad, we apologize. And uh, it's just what you're going to get for this week's podcast. So, yeah, the Thunder played uh, three games, four games, actually, since we last uh, talked to you. And and I know Andrew and Mikey and Mikey McKelle and Alex have broken it down. But they played the Suns, the Mavericks twice with that back-to-back home and home, home and away. And then they played the Lakers last night. So why don't we start talking about, I think the game that probably sticks out to most of our fans and that hasn't been that broken down is that Lakers game. Andrew, what were your thoughts on the Lakers game? It was an interesting, it was an interesting game from a lot of standpoints. I mean, the Lakers, this was a stripped down version of the Lakers, you know, no LeBron Kuzma went out early 
And so like KCP ended up being their best player that night, which was super weird. Uh, but the Thunder overall, like their defense was still good, and Paul George was excellent, and I thought Russell was good in every aspect, but shooting the basketball. But it really did stick out that the Lakers were daring Russell Westbrook to shoot, and by the end of the game, it felt so awkward because like Zubac was like trying to guard him. Zoo, is it Zubots? I've heard people say Zubots. I've heard people say Zubac. I don't know what it is. Anybody know? Zubach. Zubach. Okay, thanks. Um, and <laughs> he just he just stood there for a minute and then ended up passing it to Ferguson. It was it was just a weird moment in Russell Westbrook's career to see him like not be aggressive to like some young white European center, which he would probably would have destroyed in every other season of his career. And some of it I think is there's I think it's getting in his head a little bit the shooting stuff and then also i do think that he's trying to change i don't think that he wants to just try to kill everybody at every moment because it's not always the best thing for the team and so he's really i think one of the things that russell's done this whole season and it really shown uh really took place in that lakers game was that he's trying to keep paul george aggressive and like he's taken that upon himself to make paul george an aggressive player and Russell, sometimes I think it's to the detriment of Russell's game, which I think overall is helpful to the team. But, you know, you got to see Paul George and then like all the petty stuff was great. The booing of Paul George, uh, which was super strange in a lot of ways because he never played for the Lakers. And then you had the guitar playing <laughs> from uh, Russell and Paul George to Lance Stevenson just mocking him, which was hilarious. You had Ferguson falling from like a five-story building. It was just a crazy night. Yeah, I think the uh, watching. I think the Paul George stuff, him getting booed, really did get under his skin. Like even watching, kind of reading his body language and reading between the lines as far as what he said in the post-game interview with, uh, I think it's Mike Breen. You could just feel like he didn't. It caught him off guard. I guess he just didn't probably expect it. Uh, it pissed him off a little bit, but it also, I mean, it obviously kind of ignited a little bit of what he did. He ended up with 37 points, 15 and 29 from the field. He didn't shoot well from the three point line. He was two of 11. The whole team didn't shoot very well. They're seven to 31, uh, just over 22 and a half percent. And so, you know, it's one of those things where like, it did make sense that really like Oklahoma city fans were so pissed off on Twitter and, uh, and I don't know. I mean, it, it is what it is. Like you can't get that frustrated. Russell's shooting night was, I, I think the tragedy of Russell's shooting night last night. And I mentioned this to you guys in a text message, like it really outshined the fact that Russell was flawless in just about every other aspect of the game. Like he ended up with 16 rebounds. He ended up with 10 assists. He, he still got a triple double. Uh, and he was really in control in the fourth quarter, even though he didn't shoot, um, but two shots there time towards the end. And so, but I just thought he was really good. I didn't feel like his shooting was as detrimental to the team as it normally was. And, and I said this kind of to myself as I was watching the game, this felt a lot more like that Phoenix win that they had last week, where it was like Phoenix was in it for three quarters and the fourth quarter, it was clearly just Oklahoma city was the better, better team. And you just saw that with the Lakers, like the score ended up looking way closer than it actually was in the fourth quarter. Josh Hart hit a big three down the line to make it a little closer game. But it really, you could tell in the fourth quarter that this broken down version of the Lakers, that the Thunder were just a superior team down the line. And, and they should be, they absolutely should be. 
Um, but it still was a good win uh, with all the emotions riding high with Russ shooting so poorly, the whole team not shooting very well from three. And I think this team really needs, I mean, they've got to address shooting in some way or another. And I know that y'all talked about that a few times. I don't know. What do you think about the game, Taylor? The biggest thing with Russ that is different in this year than maybe it's ever been actually is his defensive effort because you mentioned his stats before, but he also had two steals and two blocks. And uh, that's been the case for OKC all season. They shot terribly as a team, Uh, 38%. Uh, from the field 22 from three-point range and 64 percent from the line and they still won and um it's so bad but but like if you look at top steals the steals leader uh for the season in the nba number one is paul georgia 82 total and number two is russell westbrook at 79 Mm -hmm. like russ is giving so much effort everywhere and so it doesn't it like it almost doesn't matter as much this season when russ has a bad night shooting because he's doing so good at everything else and russell's missed like 10 games yeah man yeah, that's that's, so that's crazy yeah <laughs> man i'll tell you the the person that really stuck out to me is probably the the game that really could have made a difference and the lopsidedness of this game but it actually was a detriment to the game was dennis schroeder schroeder's been in a little bit of a funk uh he played a little bit better in that game against dallas but he was 413 last night uh was one of four from the free throw line that was the one that was really confusing to me he was the only one on the entire roster that was a minus anything not that single game plus or minus matters but obviously that says something about kind of his productivity on the floor i don't know i just think if, if schroeder played there was a moment there in the fourth quarter i stepped away for just a minute from the game and came back and nader basically pulled the game uh ahead for the thunder which they never really relinquished after that and then schroeder just kind of the ball stopped he looked a little bit more like ray felton than he had been the guy that's trying to distribute which i think is him trying to in the same way that russ does it a little bit is, is just trying to figure out how like the way you get into uh the mode of scoring again is by being more aggressive and trying to shoot like you don't figure out how to make shots if you don't keep shooting them and so that's kind of what him and russ did uh last night but i thought schroeder was really off as well um and when he's not making shots it's i don't know he's kind of hard to have on the floor in my opinion what do you guys think yeah to your point on schroeder he's shooting 37 percent the last five games 21 percent from three 44 percent from the line He's really struggled. You're right. Did I mean, you say 44? 44%? 44.4% from the line. Oh, my God. It sounds lucky to me. Unlike no attempts, though. He's like 1.8 yeah. per game. Mm. Which is not... I mean, this, he's just not playing well. Yeah. Well, it's the holidays. He probably, you know... He probably, you know, had too much to eat. Too much Christmas. Christmas dinner. Yeah. yeah okay. It's like... Uh, Abrinus not traveling with the team. Mm-hmm. He needs to see a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Do you think? They, do you think they've asked him to go see a doctor? I mean, I know he's European, and they have different. You know, they probably don't see the doctors much over there. He needs to. Yeah, but I, I will say one of the things that's happened in Abrinus's absence is we've seen Abdel Nader get more and more minutes. Like he was, I mean, basically, I mean, he was the. Yeah, Abdul, sorry. But he was the first one after... I think he's the first one off the bench after Schroeder. Uh, yeah. But he came in to replace Paul George because Paul George had those minute uh, or the fouls early. And you know what? Nader may be a guy. 
He might be. I, he I, was really good last night. He was really good on the offensive end last night. He, I don't know if the Thunder end up winning that game without him. Or the Phoenix game. Yeah. He was, he was awesome. He scored 10 points in 14 minutes. He had that drive, which the Thunder were down at the time. And he came in and he was a part of the big spark that won them the game. And it was the bench that came in and won them the game. He was a plus four. Patterson was also a part of that. He was a plus three. That, But he, he didn't shoot the ball, obviously, because he just doesn't, doesn't do that. But Nader was four of six, two of three from three-point line. Uh, he was solid, man. And it, when he plays a little bit more and gets into a groove and can figure out some stuff on the defensive end, uh, like the guy can shoot the basketball. He can score. There's just not... I don't know that like how many other guys on this team like you have Paul George, Stephen Adams is probably a scorer at this point. Uh, Russell Westbrook, in theory, Schroeder, in theory. And then, <laughs> well, you I'm, come on, they, they both are. I know what you're saying, but it, it is and one Nader. of those things like and like that's if it. They did, I mean, where else were they going to get points last night? And you said it on Twitter, I think, where it's like you felt like out of the 90-some-odd points that the Thunder had that Paul George has 93 of them, you know? Yeah. Like, it really did. There was a point where it felt like nobody else had scored the basket except Paul George. But you look at it, and the the distribution's not bad. Like, you have a total of six guys in double figures. Uh, You know, obviously, Paul George carried the bulk of it. But it's one of those things where... I, I don't know. They they need they need something. You know, there's a mute button on that, Taylor. Uh, hey, Taylor. They, they, yes, sorry. Use your Can mute you button, me? dude. <laughs> Everyone's okay. Don't worry. I thought I went away from the computer far away enough, but I didn't. No, that's not a thing. But but with this team right now, like as long as Alex Abrinas is away from the team, like they need one of these guys to be somebody that can score and it looks like Nader's going to be the guy I still I mean it was it, it absolutely feels like the Thunder are trying to prolong the 45 days that they have uh, with Burton Burton got a ton of minutes early and seemed like he belonged on the floor and he hasn't seen the team in weeks now and they're trying to prolong that 40 because the two-way contracts you have 45 days that you can play with the thunder or with the nba team before they have to either sign you or you have to be basically relegated to the blue right isn't that mm-hmm. correct mm-hmm. so what you see right now is is he's not with the team and then they actually brought grantham uh and he was active last night but it's one of those things that they're gonna have to find scoring from somewhere and they really needed a breeze this would have been a great time for him to shine and he's away from the team and what they're what they're seeing is personal reasons and so we just hope he can get you know, kind of his life together on a personal level or whatever's going on. We don't know. I'm not trying to assume anything, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, we miss him. I mean, the team misses him. It could be an ingrown toenail. I've had those before and it takes you down more than you think. I don't think they would call that a personal reason. Mm, he could be embarrassed. It could be really gross. I've had, I had them before and I wouldn't tell people about it and it was a constant pain. You never know. I'm just saying you never know. That's, Hey, but guys, you know what I do know is that nice. Anthem <laughs> nice beer. Anthem beer is great. It's an Oklahoma City brewery that we're big fans of here at Down to Dunk. Whether it's their golden one, IPA, Arjuna, Ouroboros, or OK Pills, all available at any local liquor store or one of their unique concoctions available 
only at their tap room downtown where they have live music on Fridays. And they got some food trucks down there as well. Anthem Beers will take your night from good to great. You need to support those that support us and Anthem Brewing Company made on earth by humans. Been a longtime supporter of us here at Down to Dunk. Check them out. Don't you guys agree? Yeah. Oh yeah. Now guys, let's jump into some TQs. Oh yeah. Real quick, can I just say this? Um the Lakers were so bad without LeBron. Brandon Ingram was so bad in that fourth quarter. If I were a Lakers fan, I would be booing Brandon Ingram. And they pretty much they did it. They booed Lonzo. They booed Lonzo because he's the worst free throw shooter at the oh. guard position in the NBA, probably. Maybe Andre oh Robertson. God. They are so bad. But Brandon Ingram was so freaking bad in that fourth quarter. That's all I have to say. Hey, Taylor, I do have an update before we get to Twitter questions. The Spurs beat the Raptors 125 to 107. And DeMar DeRozan registered his first ever triple-double against his former team. There you go, Taylor. That's for you. Wait, it was his first ever triple-double? Yeah, that's what I just read. That is the most overrated player I've ever heard of in my whole life. You're the worst. Guys, our first Twitter question comes from at Neil Brula, who wants to know what's your favorite Petty Russ moment? Examples can include his cupcake post on the 4th of July, kicking the ball away from Dame, and mocking Lance with the air guitar. For, for me, that, that cupcake post will take the cupcake forever and ever amen because of everything it meant like there was so i don't know who that is take the (laughs) take the cupcake forever and ever amen forever okay well never mind i think i think it's a ben folds uh album okay that's right so the one that Stephen Dolan posted at Steve Thunderfan. He talked about when Russ blocked the mascots half court shot in Denver. It was supposed to be like free case. Yeah, that one is yeah that's a really good one. Last night <laughs> was pretty special though. Last night was, it, was it caused many people to participate. Paul George got in on it. What song do you think he's playing in his head? I don't think they know. They've never touched a guitar. Anybody, Lance Stevenson, still have a song. Never touched a guitar. Sharp sharp dressed man by ZZ Top. I bet it's. I believe in a thing (laughs) called love. (laughs) I think. I think that he was playing Smooth Criminal. Oh, I I have never needed a live drop more in my life. I know it's so sad about not having it because I do think that he was playing smooth criminal. Hey, the underrated moment of that play though was how jacked quietly Billy Donovan was. (laughs) Did you see the the five that him and Paul George exchanged? I don't know if Billy meant to do it, but it was like because the thing is. so what I've talked about this way too much, but watching that basketball documentary, I watch, you know, 24 hours of nonstop history of basketball, like Billy Donovan, we forget that Billy Donovan was like one of the most competitive guttiest players. That's not even a good word, but gutsiest players in the history of college basketball. Like, dude, you know that he was 
fired up when he hit that because that I was jacked and sitting here in my living room at 1030 at night whenever he hit that freaking jump shot I mean Billy they had that really awkward kind of awesome high five I don't know man that was a fantastic play Petty Russ is the best Russ though I, I really I really do appreciate when he does stuff like that so what's your favorite go ahead sorry I was gonna say I really liked it because he didn't even do anything it was Paul that did it. Paul George. <laughs> I'm going to make fun of Lance Stevenson to his face. It was great because, I mean, and Paul George, I don't think he should have been doing what he was doing because he would have picked up his fourth foul in that moment. But he picked Lance Stevenson's pocket. And then Lance tries to guard him and he spin moves out of it and then ends up getting fouled for the and one. And just everybody that is associated with the Thunder, like you said, Jay, even including Billy Donovan, was so pumped about it. It just made everybody so happy that he could take it. And it's funny, it's Lance Stevenson. It's not like he did it to like prime Tony Allen or somebody. He did it to Lance Stevenson, a guy who's like been fighting to keep like his NBA career alive. Yeah, um, but you, but you remember us. Lance Stevenson also just had hit that corner three because the Thunder started to pull it away. Yeah. They were starting to pull away there early, and and the Lakers went on a quick little burst, got back into it, went up there. and it, So it was like the momentum was switching. It started to get really chippy. And I, did Billy already get his technical before then, or was that – I think that may have been late, later, whenever Rush should have got one as well, and they uh, somehow missed him just slapping a water bottle across the entire Staples Center. But uh, it was one of those things where it was like – it was. You're right. Like it's Lance Stevenson. It's not. It wasn't LeBron James out there that he did that to. But it really was like, oh, this team is pissed off. The whole team is pissed off, and you could even hear it. Like we haven't talked about it, but but Stephen Adams' post game press conference, which I actually think was out of context from what he was trying to say uh, when they asked him about the booing of Paul George, and he said, well, I, think it's, "I think it's BS." Yeah. What's out of and, context uh, about it? So I think what he, and I may be wrong. I don't think he was calling the booing BS. I think he's calling, it, it felt to me, and maybe, I, like I said, I maybe I'm misreading it, but I, it felt like more he was like, we don't, because what he continued on with, he's like, we're professionals. Like, we don't need motivation from the crowd in order to go out here and play hard. And I think that, I think for me, when I initially heard it, I felt like that's what he was saying was BS. Like, we don't need to let the fans dictate the energy that we bring out in the game. Hmm. that's that's how i i really did like initially when i heard it that's what i thought he was talking about but then you know i know everybody said that it, the most people's context which is probably correct was that he was calling the fans booing him bs i think it's all bs it's all bs but the thing is he didn't say bs he said a curse true hey so what do you let me ask this question this on see if you can do this. An experience it is an experience. Andrew, you and Taylor, and maybe Luke, if you want to be a part of this, if you think about non-Russell Westbrook like plays that aren't like basketball plays, what are like the two or three most memorable? It could be petty stuff. It can be like, because I have two in my head I want to mention, but I want to see if you guys have any like, what are things that Russ did that aren't specifically basketball related that stick with you the most over the course of his career? Like on the court, but not a play. Like a thing that he does. Well, yeah. So, for example, like one of them for me was whenever that guy flipped him off in Philly. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And he did the point. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was like the moment that I'm like, that's the most Russ thing ever. 
Yeah, that was great. I think you have to think about the dancing that he did with Cameron Payne yeah. as a thing. And also just like the the dancing that he does before the games when he's just sitting in a chair by himself on the sidelines. And they're always videoing him. And I think he knows that they're videoing him. And so he's just doing all these weird oh, dance absolutely. moves. I just can't imagine myself if somebody had a camera on me and I just just start dancing and doing weird things with the basketball. Like it's just that's just like yeah. so, it's so Russell. It's just so Russell. Mine, mine isn't really. It's not even on the court, but it's just his fashion and st- like when he goes to like <laughs> fashion shows. Did you see his outfit last night? I didn't see it last night. No, <laughs> it was outrageous. It was outrageous. He had these like two big gloves that were like strapped to this really weird looking outfit on the front. I mean, he is so odd. Can you imagine like that he, hanging in a in like going to a store and that's hanging somewhere and being like, "That's what I want to buy." That. I want that for twelve hundred dollars. I'll take that. Specifically, right, yeah. the one where he it was like a call out to KD when he dressed up in the photography like jacket oh, so thing. Good, yeah. That because it's it it's even petty, Russ. It's not just him in a basketball game. It's how he lives his life. Right, and the other thing, one of the one of my moments from Russ that that I I'll never forget. And I saw I, I can't remember why, but Fox Sports did a. Uh, montage of the last 10 years of the thunder basketball and one of them was that play from the lakers i think it was the series they ended up losing in six but it was the play where he got fouled and he just threw it up and he made it and the the movement he made after that is one of those that's like if they were to ever like build a statue i'm like that would be these are the things i think about that would be in the running for russell westbrook well how funny it would be if the him pointing at the fan in Philly was the statue that they had in front of the Chesapeake arena. So good. He's just such a personality. And I think I, I'm, I'm struggling to think of someone who has a larger personality, not larger celebrity, but a larger personality in the NBA than Russell Westbrook. And I think it's only uh, maybe an arguable player is Embiid. But like those two are the only guys that get like, NBA Twitter talking about other things that they're doing off the court that aren't like charity events or whatever, or even yeah. on the court, you know? Yeah. It's hard because I, 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 it's hard for me to think because a lot of the guys I'm trying to think of are like memes that they like, it's one thing they've done. I guess you know? it's been Jimmy Butler over the past year too. Yeah. So but I like think that, like but. Harden, when they asked him the question, he just did the side eye and slid out of the TV frame. That's, yeah, but for every one, for every one of those, there's ten Russ media. I agree. Things. Yeah, you know what I, I mean. Is it, is, is it just because that's our context, or is that like a real? Do you feel like it's more national than it just our context? Well, I think Taylor's like point is like name somebody else. Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's what I'm trying to think. Yeah. Actually, actually, a person that I think is on the level, but he's not as good of a basketball player anymore, so you don't see him. Is Lance Stevenson? Because he would do the stuff like blowing in LeBron's ear, and then the one thing where it's a th- where it's a shot of Derek Fisher, and then out of nowhere he stands up I'm and standing he's, up. In, he's in the frame. <laughs> yeah, but like, I do think he I, does I, funny stuff, but I don't know if it's on purpose. Yeah, but that's like yeah, four things in like twelve years. But I think that's also like probably what is so polarizing about Russell Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. like in everything he does, it's <clears throat> polarized. And it's just hard. Like I, I really was like he, you just feel 
Mark Jackson was actually pretty good, which I would never, ever say at any other time in my life about his announcing. But he was talking about Ross. He's like, and even Chauncey Billups said it as well. You know, although Chauncey was like, yeah, if you're shooting that poorly, stop shooting. But Mark Jackson was like, the thing you do with Russ is you just trust that he's going to get a shot. But he does so many other things on the basketball court well that you you kind of just figure out, hey, you know what? That's what it is. And he's going to bring it on every other aspect of the game. And, and he is so polarizing. And I know there are tons of people who will look at last night's game where he shot so poorly and just find more things to detract from Russell Westbrook. But man, he is special on so many levels. He's special on the basketball court, but he does like, he is such a unique personality that it brings the hate from, from a lot of people, but it also brings this like level of admiration and, and love from, from fans of his, especially here in Oklahoma city. Uh, it's just, he's, he is just such a unique, I, I don't remember really very many people before him like him. And I'm not sure there'll be a whole lot of people after him like him as well. I agree with that. Jay, I think that's a really good point and a good time to transfer to our next Twitter question. It's from at Mikey Barra who says, you can have just one of these two players going forward, Dre at 100% or Ferguson, knowing he will shoot 38% from three for the season. Who do you take and why? Jay, Jay, I want you to answer first. Okay, so Andrew, I really want your opinion on this because I am like on a bad ledge with this conversation. I go is there. Ferguson is Ferguson playing Andre Robertson out of Oklahoma City? I mean, no not question, yet. not yet. Why not? Why not? Is is what Dre now? Now here's the thing, and I'm I can get ripped and I deserve it and that's fine. We forget that Dre may be like the worst shooter at the guard position. Him and Lonzo Ball have a competition for that, but he still figured out ways to be really good on offense. And so I have to remember that. That's what I consistently forget about Dre's. It wasn't like he was a zero on offense and then he was a a hundred on defense. Like he actually was a pretty good offensive player. He's like one of the best finishers around the basket. Like he does a lot of good things well. And that's what I have to remember in this conversation. But the question that I have for you and I'll ask Taylor the same thing is for the drop off between Dre to Ferguson on defense worth what the drop-off could be could be now Drake or Ferguson hasn't like he wasn't great last night shooting the ball but he has progressed over the course of the season is the drop-off on defense worth what the drop-off from shooting would be uh between Ferguson and Drake what's the answer Andrew I was waiting for you go you go Taylor I think my feeling my feeling is that in the regular season uh, it doesn't matter if if Ferguson is shooting 38% from three, but I think Robertson's defense in the playoffs would be so crucial that like if, if we're having this conversation in the second round of the NBA playoffs right now and Robertson was healthy, I think we would all say Robertson. Here's what's funny. As you're talking, I'm already destroying my conversation. So Andrew, go ahead. Just take me to task. <laughs> it's a hard question. It's not... I mean, obviously, it just it depends on the situation because, I mean, Dre was so good two years ago in the playoffs 
He was easily their second best player. He was actually shooting the ball well, which was strange, but they couldn't keep him on the court because he couldn't make free throws. And it was a huge problem. And last season, we didn't really even get to see that problem, you know, unfold come playoff time. Because it's, it's tough because you know, like in a Rockets series, you'd probably rather have Robertson. But you also know for a fact that Mike D'Antoni is going to intentionally foul Robertson outside of two minutes. He's going to. And they're going to put him to the line. They're going to slow the crap out of the game. They're going to make Dre make free throws. And you're going to have to pull him off the court. And so that, I mean, that's a problem. And that will continue to be a problem until it's not. And so right now we're talking about two things that don't exist, in my opinion. I don't know that a healthy Dre can exist anymore. I just don't. I don't know. And I don't know that a 38% three-point shooting Ferguson can exist either. So like it's it's a it's a funny conversation because I just don't know if either one of those will ever come to be, but I do think that moving forward, that Ferguson is a good option to replace Andre Robertson uh, in the event that he can only be like sixty percent of the guy that he was uh, before he had that injury, and we just don't we just don't know. Like he could come back mm-hmm. and be fully healthy, like that would be awesome. Uh, but you know, Billy Donovan talked about it yesterday. And it didn't sound good. It didn't sound like he's coming back anytime soon. It doesn't sound like he's like within the plans of what they're doing. It just sounds like, yeah, he's he's in good spirits. And we're ho- hopeful that he can come back. And like right before we thought he was going to come back, he was working out with the team. He's out on the court. Like nobody's seen him, you know, doing any of that stuff since he had that second setback. So, um, but... If I could choose one, I, I guess I would take Ferguson as a 38, 38% three-point shooter because this team is starved for shooting. And they're not starved for defense. They've got a great defender in Paul George. Terrence Ferguson is a great defender in his own right. We saw Jeremy Grant defend last night really, really well against Brandon Ingram. I thought he was great last night. Uh, then you have Steven Adams and Russell Westbrook if he's engaged. Like, I think I'd rather have an entire unit that fits together defensively plus another 38% three-point shooter with he and Paul George and if Jeremy Grant can start hitting threes again. If you can have three guys that can hit 35-plus with Russ and Steve, like that's the dream for the Thunder offense, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so like, I think I'd, I think I'd rather take the shooting. I think Jay thought I was going to take Robertson. I think Robertson's probably – he's a better player – like 100% of Robertson is better than uh, what Ferguson is right now. But if you can guarantee me that he's going to make, on average, 38% of his threes, you know, give me the shooting, give me the crazy athlete that that Ferguson is as he develops. He's a lot cheaper than what Robertson is. Um, that's what I would take. And a guy that you're not going to intentionally foul. The Thunder then don't have anybody that you'd intentionally foul to put on the line. They don't have Except for maybe Steve, but but Steve's not that bad. Shooting sixty, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not that bad. If you get to fifty-five percent, you don't you're not going to foul guys anymore. So here's so here's the destruction of my own argument, and so what's hard is that Michele posts it in such a way where it's a choice, right? Like, so the the luxury is that you don't have to choose. So Drake comes back, and Dre's healthy, 
maybe because what's crazy is he's literally a week away i guess a week and a day so not literally but a week and a day and away from his six week period after the re-aggravation of the injury mm-hmm. now that's not saying he'll be back next week but well, i'm saying if you see brett ask billy about it yesterday no I, di- I didn't actually see what that when you were saying that i didn't see what he said so what did he say it just it doesn't sound like he's anywhere close to coming back yeah, which which is which is fine. Like fine. Like I I said at the beginning, like if he was back by the All Star break, which is normally around Valentine's Day, like that's a month away. That gives him ten weeks from the the reaggravation. Maybe maybe then he's a hundred percent. Like the the thing that's awesome is right now we have the luxury of having a guy that says, "Hey, Dre is getting fouled off the court." It's not a drop off that's that significant from Dre to Ferguson. Like, it's significant. Like, Dre's the best perimeter defender in the NBA. And Ferguson's not that. But Ferguson has improved so much on the defensive end uh, that I I really do think, like, that's a luxury we have right now. Like, having to choose the two, like Michele posted that question, I'm every game that passes and watching Ferguson, who's become so disciplined on defense and so good with his feet and is shooting with more and more confidence. Like I said, he didn't shoot great last night. He's getting a, he's not getting a whole lot of touches to shoot the ball. It's just getting harder and harder and harder to see the fit that uh, Andre Robertson has on this team here in the future. Yeah. Can I, can I provide a little bit of context for this too, Jay? So, Andre Robertson was drafted his rookie year. He was 22 years old. He really didn't play much that year. His second year is when he got to play a lot. He was a zero net rating. He across the board. It was just even his third year. He was 24 years old. That that was the first year that people were like, oh, Andre Robertson's a really good defender. He's an elite defender. He's plus 13. But the whole that's 2015-16. I mean, our Thunder team was unbelievable that year. Terrence Ferguson is 20 right now in his second year. That's still so crazy. And we're already t- and we're talking about this right now. Like, I think maybe that is the answer then. Like, and he has a chance of being a good shooter. Robertson never really has. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably people out there like you guys are crazy, but for sure. But for sure. And I probably I mean, think I'm crazy as well. Dre's great. And I don't want to take anything away from him. Uh, but this team is starved for shooting and somebody that can shoot the basketball. And Dre, and sh- Dre's never been able to do that. And yeah, it's 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 a need this team has. And if you are already the number one defense in the NBA, I mean, would you rather be the number one-ist in the NBA? Or would you rather like right. have a better offense? And I know that yeah. Terrence Ferguson's playing with this team, but if Terrence Ferguson shot 38%, this team would be rated a lot higher. They'd maybe be 15th in offensive rating. Right. So that's the question. If you're going to be guaranteed number one in defense and then 20 in offense, or could you be top three or four in defense and then be top 15 in offense? Does that make sense? Like even, that, that's the I question. Think even, even higher than that. I think you could be a top three defense, top 10 offense with Ferguson, especially next year with this team. Yeah, I don't think that's crazy to think that. Or why not still top one in offense next year, I guess? Yeah, why not like one everything's the same. Yeah, yeah why not one in defense. both? Why not zero in in offense? I always like it whenever like we can tell it's time. It's like when my son is it, he has to go to bed. It's like okay, he's getting delirious. He's talking back. Like I know it's time for him to go to bed. That's what happens when we're done with the Twitter question. And it's time to jump to a new. It's like Taylor just starts derailing, or Luke does, and it's like okay, well, moving on, moving well, on. Well, one more one more point is that 
I, I wouldn't say that Andre Robertson is expendable to this team. Like if they can bring him back, they absolutely need him because if you can have him start and if he's a hundred percent and then you bring Ferguson off the bench to guard, like whatever six man score they have off the bench, like the strength of that defense is outrageous. And then you can close games with Ferg in some spots where Dre is getting intentionally fouled. Cause one of the problems was when Dre was getting intentionally fouled in that Houston series, they, they did not have any clue who was supposed to play in his place. They were just like, let's send in the rookie Alex Abrinas. I don't know. Like, what are we supposed to do here? We don't have options. Like we don't have anywhere to go. And now mm-hmm. you can put Ferguson in. Like it's masterful hedge on your uh, end in this question, Andrew. Well, I'm just <laughs> yeah, because the idea, the ideal, like, so what he's saying though is the ideal is that you have both, and yeah. we do have both. Yeah, like McKellie's making us have this conversation to where we're going to get yelled at on Twitter. But the truth is, is like the ideal is what we have right now. Now I think there's going to be hard decisions going forward because. If Hami makes a jump, if Ferguson makes a jump, if one of these other guys, Burton, Nader, you know, somebody else ends up figuring out a spot, like it's getting crowded. And and I think for this team, as currently constructed, they need shooting more than they need elite defensive perimeter playing because they have that in multiple other guys. Hey, guys, let's, oh, let's jump to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Landry Franks, who wants to know, has Patterson played good in the last couple games, or am I just convinced it was a good game when he makes a shot? <laughs> I thought he played well. I, I, thought that he, one. I thought his defense was good on Brandon Ingram last night. I thought he was played it, I, thought I was not well. convinced. I, I couldn't tell if it was good defense or if Brandon Ingram was that terrible. Because he he really was that bad. He was so I was shocked as to how bad he was in that fourth quarter. Yeah, no, he, well, I I think that Patterson did a good job staying in front of him because Ingram was getting yeah. to the basket at will at times. Like he wasn't Ingram was not terrible overall in that game. Like he played at in spots. I thought he was actually pretty good. Um, but Patterson, I thought he defended well. He he's still going to struggle with the same stuff that he usually does. But I thought that overall last night he defended well. Um, but yeah, he's, he's a guy that I know that they would like, they'd like to upgrade that spot. And I think that, you know, I, I think that if Dre comes back, he can take, I think that they can use even their roster and not have to go get somebody else. Use the guys that they have to take the place of his minutes. You know, I think you can use Robertson as a small small ball four. I think that you can use Nader in that spot. I, I I think that that's another luxury that you have when Andre comes back. Not only do you have elite perimeter defense for the entire game, but I also think that you don't have to rely on Patterson for those ten minutes. Whose dogs barking? Oh, can my dogs! Really my dogs that? are barking. My dogs are barking. God, they're all the way in the other room. What is going on? I shut the door. More. Okay, next. All right, guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. I came back to the whole world crumbling. What happened? Oh, don't worry about it, Jay. But our, worry about our next Twitter question comes from at N underscore mill two two, who wants to know, is Nader already better than Patterson? <laughs> <laughs> what are up, what's up with these questions? 
People hate <laughs> Patterson. Russell Westbrook or Paul George? <clears throat> I don't think Nader. I don't know, man. He's just shooting better right now. But Patterson, I thought was pretty good last night. Well, our next we have actually the Twitter question. We can answer that question. Also deals with Nader, and they want to know. It is at Young Landis wants to know: Is Abdul Nader actually going to be a contributor this season, or is his past few games a fluke? I think he's going to contribute. I don't know. Sure looks like it. I don't know if where the minutes are when if if Trey comes back like in March, and if Abrinas is playing like I don't know that there's minutes then. Uh, but as long as at least one of those guys is out, I think that they're going to want to play him. You know, I mean, the team talks a lot about him. They talked a lot about him preseason. They really like him, and I think that he can really shoot the basketball and this Thunder team is in need of guys that can shoot the basketball. And so he's, I think he's like almost 37% from three in the time that he's played total. And so I I think that he's going to play. He helped that. He helped the Thunder a lot last night. And I think that there's no reason for him to not play. He's kind of seizing the moment that he's been given and I, I don't think that there's been anybody that's done so many great things that, that aren't playing right now. I don't know that Abrinas has done so many great things to where it's like, well, we have to play Alex Abrinas for sure. Because Abrinas, like we know, when he comes back, he's not going to be good for like three games. Because that's just how he, that's how he functions. He needs to have a rhythm. He needs to have some playing time to get back into it. And if Nader is making shots... I mean, I have no clue when Abrinas will be back. I don't. No one really even knows the situation, and I think that people need to be courteous to him uh, on the internet and on Twitter uh, and on the we podcast. Just, we just don't know what's going on with him, and I think that you could put yourself in a really awkward position if you say anything about him. Um, but I just think that there's a chance that Nader's shooting the ball really well by the time he comes back, and it's like you know, like Abdul Nader deserves to keep his spot because he's helping this team and i think to this point he's very much helped help the team so i think that it's not out of the question that he sticks and you know there's a chance he completely falls off a cliff and shoots 23 percent the rest of the time then yeah you're not going to play him you're going to play somebody else but if he continues to play like this then yeah and we and honestly we don't have a, a big enough track record of him as an nba player to say one way or the other so. And I will say, I think one of the things, and I maybe mentioned this in a text message, but I think one of the things that's happened is he's obviously impressing in practice. Yeah. Like he's doing something mm-hmm. to warrant Billy trusting him more and more. And you know how Billy is, man. The only way you get on the floor is if you are in it defensively. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, for any of these peripheral guys, if you can't hang defensively, you don't get to play. And he's doing that. Like he's not a you know, all-star level defender, but he is being in the right place. He played really well against Devin Booker. I thought um, in stretches, but he's obviously doing something in, uh, in practice that is pushing for him to like really demand playing time because he's performing at a level both in games and in practices that, that is really worthy of the minutes he's getting. And I, I just think, I don't know what, I would be blown away if it's not one of those things where you see him become a really regular rotation player. Like you said about Alex, man, I hope just everything's okay. I love Alex. He's one of my children. And so it's one of those things where I hope he's fine, but it's one of those things also where like this team has to continue to figure out the best version of itself. 
And right now it feels like Nader is increasing in that position there. And, and it feels like Alex is potentially going to be the odd man out when he comes back. Mm-hmm. Hey guys, let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Brent Potter, who wants to know, do you feel like Steve has a shot at the all-star team after seeing the fan vote? So he came back with, I think he's the sixth front court player in the Western conference. And, uh, he's got a shot. Why not? He, but he's half of what the fifth, the guy in fifth place is. Is Is that what, so how, how high do you have to get up? No, Paul is fourth. Maybe let me check that out. So, uh, what's crazy is players and two, two guards, but I just, and then cause after the starters, it's picked by coaches. Yeah. And so, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the fan voting is only a part of being selected. It's not fully fan vote. They're, they're guarding against like the China vote or whatever, getting people in. So you can't just be voted in. Like you have to be, it's only like a percentage of, of, of the pie and getting right. to be selected. I don't think it's going to happen. I really no, don't. I don't either. I don't want people to get their hopes up. Uh, it's really cool that and he got more votes than Nikola Jokic did. Which yeah, is, he's the highest voted center in the Western Conference. It's awesome. Like keep keep That's voting. Amazing. Like keep it up. I would love. I mean, I'd love to see him be an All Star. I think that'd be really cool. Um, and maybe I'm wrong. Like prove me wrong. I'd love to be proven wrong on that. I just don't think it's going to happen. Prove the man wrong. Did you see where uh, Doncic was in that too? Yeah, he's he like, was like third in the front court or something. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> That is awesome. Hey, guys, let's move on to our next total question. It comes from at Brent Potter. Again, who wants to know who are your Western Conference playoff teams? Hmm. Um, so currently, let me give you the top eight currently. And I'll start at eight, and you'll tell me if you think this team is going to make the playoffs, stay in the playoffs. So currently, top eight, number eight in the Western Conference, the L.A. Lakers. Yes. Will they stay in or will they not? Yes. Yes, unless LeBron is injured for the rest of the season, which I don't think will happen. The seventh seed currently, who's, who are playing much better, the San Antonio Spurs, will they make the playoffs? Yes. Yeah. Everybody yeah. feel that way? All right. Yeah. This is the first one that I feel dicey about is the six seed currently, which is the L.A. Clippers. No. No. Okay, we'll hold on to that because we'll go to the teams that we're replacing here in just a minute. The five seed, Portland Trailblazers. Yes. No. Oh. Ooh, I think yes. Oh. I probably stick with them. Okay, so Houston is the four seed. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Luke, you want to go back on your take about them not making the playoffs? Uh, I, I want to really bad, but they are playing really, really well. James Harden is playing at maybe a level we haven't actually seen from him. So three seeds, Oklahoma City. I think we all think they're going to make the playoffs. Two seed, Golden State. One seed, Denver. We're pretty much in agreement on all of them. So mm-hmm. the only two that we have that aren't making the playoffs are Portland and the Clippers. And if you look at 9 through 14, which is what's crazy, 9 through 14, you have the Kings at 9, Memphis at 10, Dallas at 11, Utah at 12, Minnesota at 13, and New Orleans at 14. So if you're looking for two teams to replace Portland and L.A. Clippers, who are you picking from that group, Andrew? Utah. 
currently in 12th. I agree. I agree. Yeah, they've had the, I think, didn't y'all say they've had one of the hardest schedules starting the season? Yeah, and the schedule in the Alex season is that. like cakewalk. They're going to mm-hmm. they're going to rip off like 13 out of 15 games at the end of the season almost guaranteed. If they don't, it's really weird. They're currently 18 and too. 20. I saw a stat too that this was basically their record at this point last year too. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, but I will yeah, say the difference was that they weren't they weren't totally healthy up until this point last year. So I think it's that's not apples to apples is all I'm saying. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Utah replaces one of those two. Who's the other team that replaces one of them? Dallas. Oh, really? Oh, really? Wow. Okay, so you trust Dallas to make it over? Well, I guess you. So you think Dallas is going to be better than Portland this year? Mm-hmm. Okay, that team is good. I, that team They're just is so good. bad on the road. They just smashed the Hornets on the road. I mean, absolutely dismantled them. True. If they can figure it out on the road, they'll make it. Hey, without looking, yeah. can anybody tell me what Dallas's road road uh, uh, record is so far this season? Uh, three and sixteen. Just a guess. <laughs> oh, you cheater! <laughs> cheater. Uh, also, they're three and seven in their last ten. Like, I think I think that they're good, but they're not good enough to be consistently good. I think they're one of those teams that's like. I think they're like a Memphis team that bear, that doesn't make it to the playoffs where it's like, you still hate to play them in the regular season because they will, they could beat you. Yeah. I will say this though, is nobody outside of Houston has really killed it in the last 10. Like nuggets are seven, three thunder, seven, three in the last 10 golden state, six and four. You go into that bottom half of the Western conference. Like, Nobody from nine to fifteen is has been a winning has had a winning record over the last ten games. The only team that's even been five hundred is the Jazz. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. one of those things where, like, it, you know, like the Thunder kind of lucked out because they had a little bit of a dip last week, and and they didn't really have to pay too many consequences for it because everybody else outside of Houston has also kind of had the same a little bit of a, a drop in who they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're about to hit in about two weeks from now, where it's from then until about the All Star break when we start seeing some really stinky basketball. So true, and three and sixteen on the road is so bad. That is so bad. bad. <laughs> I mean, it is it, the only team that's worse away from, or the only team that's even close is the Pelicans are four and sixteen mm-hmm. away. Man, yeah. dude, it's so. Here's the reality. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking it somewhere else. Dude, Anthony Davis isn't going to stay in New Orleans. No, no. Like, it's hard for me not to see a way that he ends up in L.A. Like, I just watched. Uh, is it Rob Palinka? Is that his name? The, the GM? GM there in L.A. Mm-hmm. So, looking at Rob and Magic and LeBron talking at the end of the game last night, I, it could just feel LeBron like just literally picking. You can give them Ingram. You can give them Ball. You can <laughs> that's give what them I was Kuzma. thinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's what it felt like. And then give them three firsts and get me Anthony Davis right now. Didn't it feel that way? Yeah, it did to me too, man. Like the like, I think that that's what. And it's funny. That's an NBA Twitter joke. Is it's like LeBron is just uh, faking this injury or prolonging this injury so he can pick the players that he's going to trade. <laughs> They're not going to trade this year. I know, dude. I, it, maybe it's probably this offseason. Uh, 
they're going to they're like, going to want to offer the, the contract first. Yeah, but watching watching Anthony, I get that. I totally get that, and you're you're right about that. But watching Anthony Davis last night after they lost to the Nets, I mean, they've lost they've lost seven out of the last ten. Like they are just not playing very well, and Anthony Davis is like increasingly frustrated with what's going on. It's one of those things. If I was a Pelicans fan, which there's I think twenty five of them total, they would be. I would be just so depressed about the reality of what's Dude. coming next. Dude, don't like think of how patient he's been with that franchise up until this point. Even it's not like this is the third year he's been there. Like they've been bad the whole time. And I know they had like kind of a good playoff uh, run last year. I mean, they uh, swept Portland in the first round and then got swept in the second round. But dude, to do that and then to come back this year and then be this bad. Is like, come on. Well, and then I'm also one of the like, top five players in the league. <laughs> but as a franchise, they're not, not, not that Rajon Rondo is like a world changer, but man, like you try, I, I would have tried to just kind of hold on to the guys you had. And maybe Rondo just wanted to go to LA. That could absolutely be it. But it didn't feel like he had New Orleans calling him on midnight the night free agency nah. opened, you know? Yeah. But it's just like, dude, run this team back. And maybe Alfred Payton is the missing link or, you know, like, I think they're one of these teams. He's not. No, I know. But you look at Memphis, who speaking of, we talked about Cameron Payne and didn't even mention the fact that he's probably going to get waived uh, to make room for Marshawn Brooks. But I think one of the things that we're looking at is the fact that like Memphis is obviously having problems as well, but they're starting to kind of make moves, which I don't think they're great moves, but they're trying to make moves to try to improve the roster as is like New Orleans. I don't know what they have to give, but they need to start trying to figure out something uh, to try to make a run here because that's who I think just because of Anthony Davis. Like if you're going to replace either Portland or the Clippers, I still believe in the Pelicans as well. Like I believe in the Pelicans probably as much, if not more than I do believe in the Mavericks. Mm -hmm. I I have a question for you too. Mm -hmm. Does New Orleans being this bad for this long, make you kind of question and uh anthony davis um power player power and and by player power i mean like on the court like i feel like there are top five guys who can just bring their team along with them and anthony davis seems to never be able to do that and I know this sounds bad, and I know it sounds like I'm trashing Anthony Davis. He's a top five player in the league. But does it make you think about it? So on the NBA countdown before the game last night, they were talking about this as well. Or maybe it was halftime. And Jalen Rose asked that question. Like, do you start to evaluate Anthony Davis based on the fact that his teams have historically been not very good? And one of the things that Paul Pierce and Chauncey Billups will said, and I, I probably agree with it, is it's hard to be a front court player uh, without any guard help and be the one that really dictates how successful your team is. What do you think about that, Andrew? Yeah, my, my counter is Kevin Garnett. Yeah, okay, good counter. Yeah, but he had Stephon Marbury. That's still better than, <laughs> I mean, maybe not Drew Holiday, but probably. That's the thing, too, is like Drew Holiday is pretty good. It's like, pretty if good. you want to, like, Drew Holiday's good. Okay. The, Yo, it's wild the is that one bench last night scored five points. Five. Yeah. Their roster yeah. is awful. It's an yeah. awful, it's a terrible, terrible roster. It's not Anthony Davis's fault. He's going to, I mean, if he can get on a good roster, he's going to destroy people. And one thing that if I'm the Pelicans, and I'm, 
I do not even sniff that Lakers package, which, oh man, that sounds so gross. I do not even <laughs> um, come close to choosing the Lakers, what they come, what they're going to offer. I am going to, what I'm going to do is I'm going to see who gets the number one pick and I'm going to trade them to that team. And I'm going to say, give me some other young players. If it's the Knicks, like give me, give me Zion Williamson and I will try to form a team around him. I don't, I do not want Lonzo ball. I do not right. want Brandon Ingram. Like, don't give, don't give me these guys that are at best, like a third tier star. Like, don't do that. Like you're, you are going to kill your team. Like you either to me, it's you go get Jason Tatum or you go get the number one pick and you take Zion Williamson. That's what you do. Like I, I don't, I do. I'm not trading him one. I'm not going to trim to the Lakers. And also, like I just don't think that that team, those young players, are that good. So i I would, I would, you swing for the fences. You try to get the best player you can get. I think the best players, and I don't know that Jason Tatum is available, but I think that you make the Celtics think that you're going to take the Lakers offer and scare them. Because if at the end of the day, if you're the Celtics, would you rather have Jason Tatum or Anthony Davis? And you have to say Anthony Davis a hundred times out of a hundred because he's just a better player and they have other guards and they have other wings that can score. I just think that at, I think if you're the Pelicans, you have to have a star come back. If you want to have a viable team in new Orleans, you have to, you cannot miss on this trade because he's not coming back. You guys are right. You cannot miss though. You cannot screw this up. There are enough young players available that you can have a viable team moving forward. You cannot screw this up. Yep, I think you're absolutely right. So just you mentioned Kevin Garnett. So that 03-04 Timberwolves season, he was the MVP of the league. They ended up winning, I think, hold on, I can tell you that. So they ended up winning a total of 58 games. I mean, just they were incredible in the regular season. And if you look at that roster, this is what's funny. Latrell Sprewell, who's actually pretty good. He was really good. You know, when he choked Mm -hmm, P.J. Carlos. mm -hmm. Sam Cassell, a guy named Trenton Hassel or Hassel. I don't know who that is. Irvin Johnson, who's not magic. Michael Olawakandi. These are the guys that were the tops in their games played. Games started. Fred Hoiberg, Mark Madsen. Like, now it's different. Like, 2003 2004 like there wasn't a whole like it wasn't like it feels like it is now as far as star power much it wasn't people didn't shoot threes it was just like it was a way different league yeah and so i i mean i do i do believe that in 2018 2019 like having guard play is more important than low post play Mm -hmm. but anthony davis is a transcendent player like he's he he literally will go to Boston or he'll go somewhere and he will be mm-hmm. people will be like, Oh my God, we forgot how great this guy was. Mm-hmm. Which they already think he's incredible and he is incredible. Like what he's done with the team that has literally Drew Holiday and nobody else. Because I don't know, is Miritich even playing anymore? I feel like he's been hurt since yeah. he's been since hurt. He went insane to start he, the he season. He can come back and they can make the playoffs, but I still don't think that it's gonna I don't even if they make the playoffs and they lose and however many games in round one like I don't think that it matters I just True. don't they're going to have the same roster next year for the most part yeah. so it, if, it, it doesn't really pretty matter mu- pretty much any team out there that would have a chance to get Anthony Davis like there, I don't know if there's anybody that's off limits for any team maybe Paul George I, I think what McKellie said was correct like I think if the Thunder had a choice between Paul George and Anthony Davis I think they just on principle would stick with uh, Paul George 
Mm-hmm. But for most teams, like there's nobody that you could say is off limits for Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. True. Hey guys, True. let's move on to our next Twitter question. It comes from at Neil Bula, who wants to know if you could eat only one topping on a burger for the rest of your life, what would it be? Jay. So, so I need clarification because I am the burger expert. I did have a burger tonight from the garage, which was delicious. Oh, wow. So shocking. Okay. First off, stop. Uh, so does cheese, does cheese count? Cheese. No question. Then cheese. Then cheese. I agree. Cheese is, is ketchup a topping? Yes. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. Like for me, it would be, have to be anything. Guys, everything's a topping. Anything but bun is topping. Yeah. Now, I'm if, gonna... if Neil would have said, if you can only one topping on a cheeseburger for the rest of your life, then cheese would be included. True. Can you Jesus, still, can you still I, dip I afterwards if it's not topped? Mm, no dip. question. No. You cannot dip. But it's not a topping. You put, you a put your hand up on my hip. You can't dip. Dip, 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 dip. I'm going pickle. I'm going pickle. <laughs> God, I wish I could mute you. <laughs> yeah. I'm going pickles, man. That acidity, ooh, mixed with the fat of that beef. Oh my god, umami flavor. That is so gross. All um, right, Andrew, what's yours? I think I go cheese. I think you have to go cheese, and then uh, I'm, yeah. and then I'm dipping. Yeah. No, no, you can't dip. Luke, what about you? I'm going cheese as well. All right, so I have a follow-up. If you have a condiment of choice mm-hmm. for a burger, mm-hmm. are we all are we all ketchup people? Yes. Mustard. Oh gosh. <laughs> Taylor, you're telling me you have you're having a pickles and mustard burger. <laughs> Let me tell you what my favorite burger is, though. It's a fried onion burger. It's a fried onion burger. So it's uh, grilled onion or fried whatever, onions, pickles, mustard. That's all it is. And that umami flavor is unbelievable. (laughs) You are disgusting. I'm pretty sure I would take barbecue sauce over ketchup. Would you? I think so. It would be BBQ. No, bars BQ. <laughs> bars be the bars BQ sauce. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Now is this hey. a, is this a phase you're going through, Jay? No, oh, it's always been that way. Okay. You know what I like to dip my fries in? Barbecue sauce. I like barbecue sauce. What's your favorite barbecue sauce? Because there's some uh, that are bad. Uh, there are I like some head that country. are bad. Huh? Head country's good. Yeah, it's really good. You talking about if I go to a, like a place? I don't. I mean, Chick Fil A's barbecue sauce is fantastic. It is good. Uh, who doesn't have good barbecue sauce? McDonald's barbecue sauce is trash. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah, uh, it's not barbecue. Which sauce. is hard. Like, how do you screw up barbecue sauce? You know what? I went to Maples down in Plaza District. Yeah, is it good? The barbecue, the barbecue meat was good. I did not love their sauce. It was pretty disappointing. Describe the sauce. Mm. Uh, it's so it's vinegary. It's more vinegar based than it is. You know, mm-hmm. it's not. It doesn't have like a sweeter tang to it. But it's really. I don't know. I just thought it was kind of. Actually, to be honest with you, it's a little bland. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But it was more vinegary based, and so any notes that you did get out of it, or any flavors you got out of it, would have been vinegar. What's the barbecue place that's over off Memorial and like Swadley's? No, 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 Portland E area. Over there, oh, the gas station. Gas station. Oh, uh, Rudy's. Rudy's. What do you think Rudy's. of Rudy's barbecue sauce? It's good. 
I like spicy sauce, and their spice me burned too. me up. Okay. It's not yeah. great, though. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. Oklahoma Station was the, my favorite barbecue sauce of all time, and I haven't been there in since I got married, which that was, those are, those are not coral. Those are not connected. My <laughs> 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 wife won't let me go over there. No, we did it. Sauce. It catered our rehearsal dinner. Oh, wow. Sure at it, which was a uh, delicious. Jay, you know what this, you know what this calls for? A trip to Oklahoma station. Boys trip. I know. Boys man. I, Maples is good though. Like like I said, their their meat is really good. Their atmosphere is really great. It's down there in Plaza District, yeah. uh, but their barbecue sauce just kind of let me down. That's the thing about barbecue though is like you don't like. There's different barbecue from different regions, so it's like I don't know. Maybe their thing is like oh our dry rub. That's real barbecue. You don't need the sauce. Right. Yeah. So, but if you're in Oklahoma, more than likely you're going to use a Texas or a Kansas city style. And it, vinegar is way more East coast, like Carolina's sauce. Uh, anyway, yeah. I, I know best, way too much about barbecue, but yeah, the best barbecues on like a McRib. Am I right? Oh my that God. You're, oh, you're speaking my language. When will it come back? Not soon enough. Yeah. I prefer South Dakota barbecue the way they, uh, yeah. uh, the way they do the, the stains on it. I'm yeah, instead of them cooking it, they bury it in the frozen earth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, I'm with you. I really like those meat stains. Yeah, that's so. Yep. I, well, it doesn't, really matter, like, it doesn't matter where it's from. They all give me the meat sweats. Oh yeah. Of course. You know what else here. gives me the meat sweats? Our next Twitter question. Oklahoma Shirt <laughs> Company. <laughs> Oklahoma Shirt Company gives me the meat sweats. Jay, tell us about Oklahoma Shirt Company. Oklahoma Shirt Company is the company for all your apparel needs. If you want stickers, hats, t-shirts, gloves, sweatshirts, jeans, whatever it is you want, they're going to figure out a way to get it for you. They'll embroider. They will screen print. They will hand stitch your clothing. They will take care of whatever need you have. Uh, one of the things they do that's incredible is their shirt of the month. Any time you want to join oklahoma texas arkansas kansas missouri shirt of the month 10 bucks plus shipping and taxes and they will send you a shirt to your mailbox that is themed with some sort of awesome design from your state they also have all sorts of custom jobs so if you have 10 shirts you want to print you have a thousand shirts you want to print if you are a church or a nonprofit, they have hookup deals for you and they want to take care of you oklahomashirtcompany.com check them out support the people that support down to dunk Oh, yeah. Well, guys, I have one final question for you, and it is this. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Andrew, you missed. Oh, I don't. Well, I, I did have to replace the uh, the faucet in my kitchen. I was a little. Oh, about man. That. that wasn't super. Well, what happened to it? Did it just break on its own or did you like? In a rage, just like rip it off the <laughs> it, it broke counter. My wife broke it actually, and then <laughs> oh, throwing your wife under uh, the bus on the pod. It was, ob- it was obviously a long time coming, but she is the one that broke it. <laughs> have, you, have you told her that? Make sure she knows that. She knows. I guess I'll fix it <laughs> since you broke it. Um, I replaced it myself. Felt like a man. Oh, I tried to replace my faucet one time and I stripped the freaking uh, 
where you put the hose up to it. I stripped it trying to make sure it was tight so it didn't leak. <laughs> oh my god, it's so awful, man. I don't know my own strength. I'm like Lenny from a Mice and Men, where I just like pet <laughs> the rabbit and murder it. Oh no. Speaking oh, shout, of, shout out to campaign. Camera pain just got waved, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Shout out. Good job. Have, quick, would you rather have campaign or Ray Felton? Ray Felton. He doesn't right. get waved. Yeah, he is not going to wave. Uh, prediction does Cameron Payne play for another NBA team this season? No. Oh. Hey, so I'm miffed and peeved. So Christmas morning, I wake up with a little bit of a scratch in my throat. I have been sick, full-blown antibiotics, steroids, six since the 25th morning. My entire Christmas break, I've had a sinus infection, and I missed the greatest fry pod in the history of fry pods last week which was Alex Spears leading the Fry Pod crew in an incredible trivia game. Thanks, Alex, for doing that. I had every intention of being there, and then it was a combination of a lot of things, and I felt like mm-hmm. garbage. I, I feel like you're leaving out of things that you did the night before that contributed <laughs> to that. Because yeah. I saw a picture of you enjoying yourself with many frosty beverages. <laughs> no, that, that, that is night absolute- before. That is absolutely not true. I went out for a friend's birthday party and I was sick as a dog the whole time and it was awful. Wow. We went to a common place, which was which was great. It just like I didn't get to fully experience it because I had a freaking head cold. Mm. You know how they say a picture says a thousand words? It didn't say any of those words you just said. Oh, that happens. Did you eat off of any unsensed dishes? I, I ate off a delicious unsensed dish from Craig Proper. <laughs> It was actually, it's, they're really cool dishes. And my friends are buying uh, or, or getting like a whole house set. And Oh, good. My friend Taylor, who owns Craig Proper, he's putting this little stamp on it, and it means the absolute world to them. Guys, I am miffed. And I've, Thank you, I've been meaning, Welcome. I've been meaning Welcome. to bring this up, but I haven't. And uh, I, will now, I will do so now. There was a jar of salsa at the place I stay in Stillwater that I've been trying to open for two to three weeks every day <laughs> trying to open it and can't getting sweaty can't do it arms and hands hurting because i can't open it and so then one day i'm, I'm there just really hurting because i'm trying to open it so hard i'm really giving it my all this is this is the opposite of Andrew's story about being a man. Okay. Yeah, my Listen, wife broke a faucet, but I fixed it. I it's can't about, open a salsa jar. <laughs> it's about to get worse because I then I'm so I'm there and I'm trying to get and I've 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 tried grips of you know different grips that we have you know everything hitting it with spoons to try to loosen it doing all of it. My dad walks in and I'm like, man, I can't get this open. I said. If you get this open, I will buy you dinner. And he walks over and just pops it off. Of course, Steve Stevens does. Of course. He, he's, I'm just saying my dad could beat up all three of your dads at the same time. <laughs> do you think uh, Do you think you were, you were actually just tightening it more? This is, no, I'm pretty sure I wasn't. But immediately when he did it, I said, well, that's not fair. I loosened it up for you. <laughs> Oh my! 
but I've been, you know, it was it's a, it was a pretty bad way to end 2K18 for me. Uh, it, it really brought me, it really brought me down to earth. Oh. <laughs> Did you need a humbling uh, at the one. end of 2018? Well, I got one. I don't know if I needed it, but I got one. <laughs> you was. It was bad. It was real bad. Guys, I wish I was seeing you in person, but it has been a good pod. Uh, thanks for listening to our show. You guys should go to our Big Cartel. You can find it on our Twitter page. You can also just go to the Big Cartel page, which is downtodunk.bigcartel.com. And you can find... I, I just posted the blue version of the shirt, but the orange version is also super cool. So it says the orange one, man. I don't believe in small markets, which is a quote from... Uh, a couple of days ago, he said it to an L.A. reporter who's asking him about playing in a small market, and his comeback was just the best. And so uh, you should go check that out. Uh, it's a super cool shirt. Uh, thanks to Oklahoma Shirt Company for working with us on that. I uh, hope you guys have a great, great weekend. We'll talk to you guys again Monday. See ya.